0: April 27, 2023, time for episode 218 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C, L-E underscore D-U-B. It's the Thursday edition of the podcast, a special Thursday edition. So it's been a little bit since I've uh, recorded, and it's been a little busy around here. Work's kind of getting a little crazy right now. And, uh, of course, um, summer was supposed to be the uh, date or, or the appointed time For the adoption of a six month old puppy and it happened a little earlier so summer comes early and yet there's one more worry for me to have to have here at the worldwide headquarters of the podcast but we're going to keep it moving I appreciate you listening today let's start today with the recap of NASCAR over the last couple weeks. Back on April 16th, Kyle Larson wins the NOCO 400 at Martinsville. He led 30 of 400 laps. He passed Joey Logano on lap 371 to take the lead for good. So for Larson, he's had a very contentious history at this track. This is his first ever win at that track. In prior starts, he never finished higher than third, and he has three top five finishes. So I think the tradition at that, track i think in the spring race is you get a grandfather clock when you win and i think denny hamlin has like five of them so some folks have very good success at martinsville others not so much but kyle larson can kind of uh cross martinsville off his off his having one list so he got that victory so for him that was his 21st uh victory in the cup series and his 15th win in the series over the last three seasons Finishing second, as we says Joey Logano. Third, Martin Truex Jr. Fourth, the aforementioned Denny Hamlin, and fifth Chase Briscoe, who led 109 of 400 laps in the race. Uh, this past Sunday, Kyle Busch wins the Geico 500 in double overtime under caution. So that ending of that race, I think I watched the last half of the second stage and Lat- the in the whole third stage, and that third stage was insane. So relatively clean race, seven cautions total. The first big caution was until about uh as far as wreck caution was not until 48 laps to go so they were doing pretty good until close to the end and for bush this win is his first win at talladega uh in 15 years so 15 years prior he won for the first time and this is the 13th victory at the track for richard children's racing the vast majority of those wins uh, were via the late Dale Earnhardt Sr. Bubba Wallace. So Bubba, man, he had a great day at, at, at Talladega, and that's his, and that's his, and that's his track. And as he's you know kind of in the in contention, often almost a day because he led early, he kind of fell back, and then he kind of made his way uh, back to the front of the pack. Um, he was close to the be- beginning, so um Bubba Wallace took the lead at the double overtime restart. And he blocked Ryan Blaney twice. So Blaney was, you know, they they were jockeying for position. They knew they had two laps to get this done. And at this point, you had to do what you had to do to win this race. The third time Bubba Wallace went to block Ryan Blaney, he got a little tap, you know, on on the bumper and all hell broke loose. That's when the accident happened. And when it was all said and done, Kyle Bush was you know the one racing up the speedway to win this thing and he was low on fuel so he took a chance that he could possibly make it two laps with low fuel he didn't need it he was the last man standing and because of the wreck nascar had to determine the order of finish via video so um the only thing that was official once the race ended was that kyle bush was the last man standing and then over time they determined ryan blaney was second chris busher third chase briscoe fourth and brad kazalowski fifth so very i always say um you know martinsville is exciting um, uh, talladega it was I don't know, it was a little nerve-wracking for me because they were very orderly which which you want to see but it was kind of like okay i want something to happen and then when i uh i listened to some of the first stage on the radio and i'm thinking bo's leading this is great and then I get home and turn on TV like, where the hell is it? He? You know? So it th- that's kind of a super speedway race. It, it's up and down all day. You know, again, it's a what? It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, I was very impatient, but he was he was there. And, you know, when it was all said and done and Michael Jordan was there, because, you know, uh, Bubba Wallace drives for the 2311 team, that's Michael Jordan's team, He's co-owner. And, you know, he said, Bubba Wallace said, look, I take I take full responsibility for it, but. Most people would agree that the way he raced between him and Blaney, that's the way you're supposed to race when you're trying to win. So nobody did anything wrong per se, but you know, Bubba felt bad about it. He said, you know, I obviously didn't want to cause a wreck, but you know, again, that's kind of the way it goes. You take a risk and it didn't go his way and all hell broke loose. But nevertheless, um, he walks away, he lives to race again And that's kind of the the most important thing. So this coming Sunday, they move to the Monster Mile at Dover. Dover Motor Speedway for the Worth 400. So they'll go 400 laps. The green flag drops sometime after 2 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Let's go to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was acquired by the Jets via trade on Monday. So he met with the media yesterday at Jets headquarters. And, you know, very quotable. Uh, press conference (laughs) so first off one of the things he says was oh that super bowl three trophy looks very lonely (laughs) so i'm going oh okay we're feeling a little feel a little confident here um but he said a number of things i think uh i think was very uh, struck people very strongly so for example he said he will attend most if not all the voluntary workouts he strongly hinted that he will play more than one season and he said that of about eight to 12 teams. He feels like the Jets is a team. The Jets are a team that could win a Super Bowl. Um. So again, he basically said he wanted to be around to put uh, his stamp on the locker room as a leader. Uh, head coach Robert Saleh, he's, you know, very happy he's here. He said, you know, he looks like he's ready to go. And I know Jets fans are excited and, and they have every right to be. I mean, you know, for a second, I'm going to put aside every dumb thing that he said over the last couple years and say okay yeah he's he's a good quarterback he can play the game i mean he's proven himself but now the question is you know how long does he stick around he said there's a good chance he'll play more than one season which you hope because um both teams had to do a lot to make this deal happen so now the question is okay how long does he play and does it prove to be will this prove to be a fruitful relationship for both Rodgers and the jets and we'll know when we know because as we say that's why they play the game um also from the nfl um the commanders per report so this is reported in the washington post that his fifth year option with the commanders will not be picked up so what that means is chase young could potentially be a free agent at the end of this upcoming season And for me, I'm kind of going, wait a minute, what's going on here? So what I read, it sounds like Ron Rivera was kind of using that, you know, hey, if we maybe hint at us not picking up his option, maybe he'll be more motivated. And this, that and the third I'm going, I'm thinking this plan is about to backfire on you badly, (laughs) Rivera. And I'm kind of going, "Mm, starting to lose a few points with me on that one, because I think that's a really dumb move. But if you remember, Young was injured last year. He had a ruptured patellar tendon. He had a torn ACL. He did come back at the end of the season. Um, he he was uh, operated on by the by eminent the Dr. James Andrews. The prognosis for him is good, kind of going into uh, offseason, oh, not offseason, but the vol- volunteer workouts and things of that nature. So, I mean, what if he has a really breakout season? Then what do you do? Because now with these uh these options I mean could there potentially be a a meeting sometime during the season where we say well why don't we rethink things but I don't know if they've reached that bridge too far because if that's the report you gotta figure Chase Young is feeling some kind of way and if that's the case and then they and the, the two sides don't come together then again this team although they are look like they're going to change ownership it looks like they are dropping the ball yet again to let a chase young get away now on the other side of this um montez sweat they picked up an option for him for this last season i think they picked up an option for him or they gave him an extension and i'm sorry they picked up an option for him because um right now management is trying to work out an extension for him because if they don't work out an extension montez sweat could also be a free agent and there you go there are two key guys from the front of that defense that are going to be out the door and what do you do okay so either you go into the free agency pool or you go to the draft which one's going to be better i mean again depends upon what who's available from a free agent standpoint that you have the money to pay them, or okay, you put you know like young, you put them on a a first year rookie contract, and then they gotta come in and start all over, learn the you know, learn the, the you know the professional game as far as you know what it takes to be at that level. I mean, they know how to play football, but you know as we know, it's the speed of the game's different, the you know the the concepts essentially, you know what type of um. I I'm such a lack of words. I hate it when I don't record for a while because my brain is thinking, but my mouth is not moving or is it vice versa. But essentially, you know, learning the playbook, doing all that stuff. I mean, you're doing the same type of work that you did in college and to some extent high school. But nevertheless, now you got to work harder because it's your job. You got to know, you know, all of your plays and things of that nature. So it's a different game so do you rely on putting a rookie up front or do you again go to the free agency pool but again when you look at how this is operating for this team right now if they're not giving chase young if they're not gonna pick up his option what free agent is gonna feel good about walking into the situation that's just my thought um tonight 8 p.m espn from kansas city is the nfl draft you know I, i I think i've said this before I, I stopped watching the nfl draft a long time ago but well, not a long time ago a few years ago and it, it i stopped watching because i don't i do not understand i wish someone would explain to me why the nfl they put up a clock a 15 minute clock so we know that nfl quarters are 15 minutes why do they spend an entire nfl quarter trying to say well we're trying to figure out who you want you know who you want just make the damn pick we don't care. i don't need to sit sit here and listen to you know all the talking heads drone on and dribble for 15 minutes until we wait for the next pick these teams know who they want go ahead and call the kid to hey you're coming to our team and get this thing on because you know the, the drafts last for like four days and the first rounds literally going to take five hours i mean they're going to start at Eight well, they're gonna start at eight PM. The first round is gonna be over by like ten thirty. So you're gonna watch the whole first round of the draft, and then you're gonna watch Sports Center. Ridiculous. But looking at the draft tonight, um, your number one overall pick is Carolina, and of course, you know their needs. They need a wide receiver, a defensive end, an inside linebacker, an offensive guard, and a quarterback. Now, um, Houston, they also need an offensive guard, a quarterback, a defensive end, a wide receiver, but they're kind of more focused on cornerback. Well, what's interesting about these two teams is that and I was listening to uh, uh, Charlottesville Radio the other day, W.I.N.A. And a shout out to them. Um, uh, Best Seat in the House with Luke Neer, shout out to Luke Near, And he had on Amon Hawkins, who ball hawk. I talk about him uh, here from time to time. You know, again, excellent uh, football analyst, uh, has a great podcast. And he was talking about the draft and he said something really interesting. He said. That you know, you go out and get a quarterback, great, but he goes for the money. I mean, not necessarily for the money, but essentially, you kind of want what's more important is you need the guys up front to protect said quarterback. Now, again, we all know these teams are going to go for that sexy pick. We're going to get the quarterback because the quarterback's available, the quarterback's talented, the quarterback's got an arm. Obviously, you make that pick, but it's kind of like it's one of those decisions where. You know the fan base is clamoring for a quarterback. So if you have a decent offensive line, then sure, that makes sense. But if you've got a needed offensive line and a quarterback, I mean, that's a tough pick. You, I mean, we all know it's going to be a quarterback that's going to go first. I mean, unless um, Carolina shocks the world here. But it's kind of like what he said made sense. It's like you want to have the protection up front, and you kind of want to go in that direction because to protect your investment at quarterback, you need guys up front. But I mean, again, that's what makes sense. But what's really going to happen is a quarterback is going to go first. But anyway, um, we'll recap some of the highlights of the draft uh, next week. Um, as we mentioned, Houston will go second. They'll also pick number 12 as well. And then at 13 will be the Packers. And of course, the Packers. Um one of the questions for them obviously is where do we go post aaron Rodgers? so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with 13 i didn't really get a chance to see what their needs are but obviously um quarterback i would assume wide receiver um maybe some work on the defensive side of the ball but we'll we'll kind of put a bow on the draft next week and kind of recap everything all right, let's go over to the NBA. So let's look at the recaps currently of the playoff series as they sit. The NHL, they're still kind of in the midst of their first round. So we'll recap the NHL next week. But Heat, number eight seed in the East, eliminate the top seed of Bucs four games to one. Playoff Jimmy Butler has been activated. That man has every year. he I mean, he's steady during the season, but every freaking year in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler activates for the playoffs. That man is just on another level right now. I think he what had 56 points, I think, a couple nights ago. And then he had 42 and, and and got the shot to put the team, put the game into overtime. I mean, playoff Jimmy has been activated. So it's going to be interesting. And, and, it's, and, and it just seems like the Heat, you think they're not in it. And then they they play like this and Jimmy Butler plays out of his mind and the rest of the team just kind of follows. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, but the, the top seed is out of this thing. So now who's left? So let's see how this goes. Currently, the second seeded Celtics lead the seventh seeded Hawks three games to two game six tonight in Atlanta, 830 TNT game seven. If necessary, will be Saturday at TD Garden in Boston. That time has not been announced. It'll be TNT as well. Sixers sweep the Nets, so third-seeded Sixers sweep the six-seeded Nets four games to 0. So, again, <laughs> the Nets, man. Um, what are we doing here? <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know what to say about the Nets, but the Nets are just netting right now. Joel Embiid currently is at 50% for the second round. He has a right knee sprain. Knicks, fifth-seeded over the four-seeded Cavs, four games to one. Hey, how about the Knicks, man? I mean, the Knicks knicks are making a little push here so it's going to be interesting to see so we'll recap all the uh all the eastern conference stuff and we'll kind of set the table for the second round of the playoffs over on the west side of things the top seeded nuggets over the eight seeded timberwolves four games to one the seven seeded lakers lead the second seeded grizzlies three games to two game six in la friday night ten thirty espn so second game of a double header the first game of the doubleheader game six at golden state on friday 8 pm espn number six golden state leads the kings third seeded three games to two so a chance for the uh warriors to kind of uh, finish the series off but i tell you warriors have been looking a little shaky they got their confidence back the kings man i mean i think a lot of people thought the kings and i probably was in that group i'll probably might go and admit it i think a lot of people thought the kings were gonna get washed out of here but hey Got to give it to them, but I think these last couple games. Let's see, what is this this is game six? I think they're go. I think they might go to a seventh game. I'm gonna go out on the limb here, and we'll see how it all goes. And finally, the Sixers. I'm sorry. Mm, wow, re romping Suns, four seeded over the fifth seeded Clippers, four games to one. So as we said, we'll reset the deck for the second round matchups uh, next week, and we'll get to the NHL. We'll see where they're at with their first going into second rounds let's go to over to golf the lpga just played out their first major last sunday Lilia vu wins the chevron championship in a playoff to win her first major she goes 10 under for the tournament she goes four under on sunday and as you remember the chevron championship played for many many years in california Uh, their lease ran out after about 50 years um, yeah, about fifty years. So they were looking for a new home. They're now in Houston, the club at Charlton Woods. So this is the first year they played the major. So Vu finished regulation with two consecutive birdies, then birdied the first playoff hole to beat Angel Yin. So Vu takes home seven hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. The purse was the largest ever for this tournament at five point one million. So for Vu, this is her second tour win, and took the pond leap as champion. Now. Here's the thing that Pond Leap has been a tradition. So it was Poppy's Pond when it was when it was in California and the pond was, you know, it was a nice little pond to, um, they're, they're in Texas. So, you know, they they said they saw some snakes in the pond. But she said eh, it was an adrenaline rush. We're going to jump in here and get out this thing because it's part of tradition. So here's my suggestion to the folks who are in the Chevron Championship. Why don't you just build some little kiddie pool so we don't have to worry about somebody dying after? <laughs> you know i mean it's not funny but we don't have to worry about somebody dying if a snake happens to be like oh people you know uh, after jumping to the pond because they said the the water in that pond was a little murky and um also oh here's another thing uh christina kim uh was playing uh, in the tournament shout out to her um just found her instagram recently and i tell you she is super awesome um in a lot of different ways but uh, she actually had a ball right at the edge of the water. She stood in the water, as we said, snakes plenty, And she hit the ball away from the that rough area to kind of stay kind of in the tournament. I think she missed the cut. But that, that's a pretty gutsy move because I tell you what, I'd be like, look, I'll take a drop. Give me a freaking penalty. I'm not getting no water, no snakes. You can forget that. That ain't going to happen on my freaking watch. Um So for Vu, this is kind of one of those situations where she, you know, she played her college golf at UCLA. Um, Her career, pro career, started off a little rocky. She considered quitting golf. Um, She played a little bit on the Epson tour. She played overseas. Um, Now with the second major win, she's definitely going to be in the conversation for a while. And of course, as we said, when you win a major in golf, you get lots of exemptions. So that means she's going to be playing in majors for quite a quite a while now so congratulations to her Uh, i really love it when um, when you know just somebody you don't expect wins a major because it's life-changing it makes things a little more interesting and you kind of go oh okay well here's a new name a new face and i think for the for the golfer it just kind of you know gives them more confidence and you know this it just it just changes their life in so many ways i i thought it was super awesome Um, For Angel Yin, this is her second runner-up finish in a major. She tied for second in the 2019 Women's U.S. Open. So congratulations to her. I mean, again, tough way to go, you know, lose on the first playoff hole. But, you know, again, uh, when you're usually top five, top ten, you're going to be playing in more majors. So there's going to be plenty more opportunities for her to win a major um, coming in in the not so distant future all right we're gonna end today's show so short show today we're gonna end today's show with college basketball so more so on the women's side transfer portal news so let's start with we don't know where they're going but they are out the door from wake forest jewel spear hits the portal she was the acc's leading scorer in 21 22 and here's i just had another deja vu moment i swear to you About three or four days ago, I was actually thinking about her. I don't know why she popped in my mind. I'm going, huh, I wonder what that team's going to look like with her next season. And then, boom, she hits the portal. And I'm going, whoa, that's big. So I'm interested to see if she's going to stay in the ACC. I think she's from Texas. So is she staying in the ACC or she going to, you know, maybe go back home or, you know, maybe, you know, find her way somewhere else. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the other big news here so there's other news but this is big for now because another we don't know where they're going but Anissa Morrow remember she transferred out of DePaul she is down to her top three Southern Cal South Carolina and LSU per her social media she's visits Southern Cal and I believe she's visit visited LSU so I think South Carolina is the next stop don't know when she's gonna announce, but when she announces, it's gonna be big. Let's look at folks who found a new home. Jordan Merritt leaves Florida; she's heading to Texas Tech. Shea Bolin, we talked about her, the freshman that went to Duke. She is now at Illinois. She'll join another ACC transfer, Camille Hobby. She left North Carolina State. Tahina Pow. remember she left Cal? She left Oregon rather. She's on her way to South Carolina. She just committed a few days ago lexi darnarski from iowa state she's going to north carolina cheyenne day wilson she hit the portal from duke she's staying in conference she's going to miami uva's taylor validay is going to be a grad student at penn state another wake forest transfer olivia sumil and she has a really good game i think she's six two forward um she can shoot the three she's leaving Wake. she's staying in conference she's going to blacksburg she'll be at virginia tech as a as a grad student And lastly, Celeste Taylor. That was the big one about a week and a half ago. She committed to Ohio State. So I was like, whoa, that's still big because you remember the type of season Ohio State had. And early in the season, a lot of people were like, well, this Ohio State team looks like a contender. They had a good run in the tournament, but just didn't have the firepower to kind of really make that big push all the way to the final four although ohio state as a program they've been to at least one final four i feel like it's been more but nevertheless again ohio state just reloading the deck ready to go on the women's basketball side all right well that's it ladies and gentlemen that's kind of my quick 25 minute rundown of some of the things on my radar so uh episode 219 will happen sometime in the not too distant future Uh, But we'll see how it goes. But I appreciate you listening. Thank you for the shares, the likes. Um, Give me a five star rating on wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen. You know, give me a five star rating. I appreciate that. Emails in the show notes. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And until I talk to you again, make sure you continue to stay healthy, protect yourself in these slightly uncertain times there's a new COVID variant out there and the weather is getting nice hasn't got quite hot yet but wherever you are whatever the weather's like remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you peace thank you for listening to the latest episode of the sports wagon podcast if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe rate review and tell a friend about the show you can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at itsuncledub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.